Hello listeners, this is the Political Culture Podcast and I'm your host Veda Swaminathan. Today we are going to talk about U.S.-Iranian economic relationships through eyes on the ground level. The past few years have been marked by tense foreign relations between Iran and the U.S., but the media primarily covers how the governments react and how the economies of both nations are affected on a macro level, not how the individual citizens are dealing with this economic toll. But that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to talk about how Iranian citizens are negatively affected by these sanctions. But before we get into talking about these relations from a new perspective, let's delve into a mini timeline of important events that shape the current relations between Iran and the U.S. So the bad blood between the countries started in 1979 when the infamous Iranian revolution occurred as a result of the ongoing civil unrest that turned into a full-scale coup. Protesters were against the heavy Western involvement in the country as they felt Iran was both too compliant and reliant when it came to the West. The 1979 revolution birthed the Islamic Republic of Iran that we have today, as well as its fervent anti-West sentiment. 1979 was also the beginning of the Iran hostage crisis. Uh, The anti-Western sentiment that found a home in the new republic had inspired a group of radical Iranian students to take the U.S. embassy hostage. 444 days later, the hostages were exchanged for the promise that the U.S. would stay out of Iranian politics for good. In 1980, the U.S. supported Iraq economically, militarily, and medically when it invaded Iran. And it's estimated that one million Iranians died in that war, almost four times the estimated death count for Iraqis. In 1992, the U.S. Congress passed the Iran-Iraq Arms Non-Proliferation Act, which among other things intensified the already heavy economic sanctions they placed on the country. These amplified sanctions lasted until 1996 and were again put in place under the Trump administration. But it's here that our discussion about how the individual Iranian citizen is dealing with these economic sanctions can really truly begin. So former associate for the National Iranian American Council, Behashtata Farishani, wrote that the rhetoric spilled upon Capitol Hill has painted economic sanctions as the, quote, peaceful alternative to war, end quote. That rhetoric is false. There's nothing peaceful about the toll economic sanctions take on citizens' lives in Iran. A 1995 UN report documented that over 5,000 deaths occurred of children under the age of five as a result of the 1992 bout of sanctions, that poverty in Iran climbed 20%, and even the most basic necessities in Iran saw their price levels soar. So let's zoom in on Farishnani's story. In 2012, after news about Iran's nuclear proliferation reached the U.S., who in turn put more sanctions on the country, Farishnani's uncle was diagnosed with cancer. But because the European drugs were so expensive in the market due to sanctions, the family had to turn to untested Indian drugs. Even getting access to this alternative medicine, which ended up having negative side effects, makes Farishnani say she was part of one of the lucky families in Iran. These sanctions have deprived Iran of specialized medicine for a multitude of sicknesses. Children with cancer cannot get protective medication for chemotherapy, and individuals with epilepsy don't have access to the required medication. Hundreds of thousands of Iranian citizens are dead because of the sanctions, and the rest struggle to adapt to the ever-increasing price levels for food, water, medicine, and more. When in office, former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that the intentional economic and isolation and stagnation that the sanctions were causing to Iranian citizens was actually part of a targeted U.S. strategy to, quote, lead the Iranian people to rise up and change the behavior of their regime. End quote. The collective person embodied by the millions of Iranians who share stories like Farishnani give rise to the understanding of why anti-Western sentiment is such a large part of Iranian political culture. The U.S. government's actions to weaken the governing regime of Iran have only hurt the individual citizens. There's been really no effect at the top levels of government. 
The effect that this has had on political culture is that it's no longer just top national officials who spout this anti-West rhetoric in Iran, but it is now the common citizen who simply wants to be able to afford a quality standard of living. Before we end, I want to leave listeners with a question to consider. Put yourselves into the shoes of 27-year-old Fatima, an Iranian high school biology teacher who moved from Canada to Tehran to be with her family when they needed her. When the sanctions hit and her salary was devalued from $800 a month to a meager $160, she was forced to choose between a family to support in Tehran or her own financial well-being. Which would you choose? All right. Well, this wraps up the final episode of the Political Culture Podcast. This was your host, Veda Swaminathan. And until next time, have a great day.